The Red Elephant Podcast with Fawn Padalino. Hey everyone, we are back today and our special guest is Mark Hammond. He is the Secretary of State for South Carolina. Tell us a little bit about you. Fawn, thank you for inviting me to be on the Red Elephant Podcast and uh, I uh, appreciate the opportunity to talk about the South Carolina Secretary of State's office. The uh, office is integral in the transaction of business here for the state of South Carolina. And uh, when I ran 20 years ago now, I told uh, the people if they would vote for me and elect me that I was going to have an office that would be business friendly. And uh, I used to say, and uh, it has come true, that we are going to have a Secretary of State's office that never closes. And technically now, the Secretary of State is never closed because of our online filings. You can incorporate at any time. You can request a document from the office at any time. So uh, we uh, are uh, doing a great job here helping businesses, helping folks start business, and uh, we want this to be uh, a very business-friendly uh, state, a business-friendly office, and that's going to be good for all of us. Uh, I said earlier that the uh, Secretary of State's office is uh, integral in the transaction of business. Uh, if you wanted to incorporate in South Carolina, if you wanted to form an LLC, you would file that in the South Carolina Secretary of State's office. Say uh, you have a small business like you do, you may want to uh, register a trademark and uh, that would be registered in the Secretary of State's office. And why that's important for a lot of businesses, they want to protect that mark as soon as possible. And unfortunately, it takes maybe a year, year and a half to get that registered with the federal government. So if you register that mark in South Carolina, we can immediately start offering protections in the state of South Carolina for that mark. Uh, also, a very important uh, part of the uh, Secretary of State's office is the Uniform Commercial Code. And if I could quickly just explain what the Uniform Commercial Code entails. Sure. Uh, you know, especially in a rural county, an agricultural uh, county like uh, uh, Clarendon here, say uh, if you went out and purchased a uh, large piece of uh, farm machinery, uh, well, you don't get a... Uh, a mortgage on that. You don't file that in the clerk of court's office like you would uh, a house. So there has to be a record. So uh, you purchase this equipment, you borrow the money from the lending institution. Uh, the lending in institution, uh, for example, uh, lets you borrow $20,000. Well, there has to be a record of that. So the farmer or the person that uh, purchased the equipment would be the debtor. The bank would be the secured party, and all of this is public record. And uh, this is very important uh, for closings, real estate transactions, just uh, important for business uh, in general because uh, people need to know if there's liens out there or outstanding debt when they go to purchase or want to merge or uh, do other type of uh, business activities. We have thousands of those filings, and we also have thousands of searches each year uh, for UCCs. Uh, one other thing that uh, I uh, you know, also talked about many years ago is transparency. And I wanted uh, as much transparency as possible. And all records in the Secretary of State's office uh, are uh, available to the public. 
and I wanted to make sure that uh, the people of South Carolina knew who were serving on boards and commissions. And we have close to 300 boards and commissions. So I created a data search. Uh, if you go to see who is currently serving on a board or a commission in South Carolina, it is in real time. It is updated daily as uh, we get those appointments. So, uh, you know, another example I'd like to use, you know, a lot of people complain about their uh, roads, but they don't know who their highway commissioner is. Well, you can go to the Secretary of State's office. You can look uh, that up on our boards and commissions database, see what district you live in, and it will tell you who the uh, commissioner is. It'll tell you uh, where they're at in their term. It'll tell you when their term expires. It'll tell you the statute that created that position. And uh, it'll also tell you if there are any vacancies. And that's what I want the people of South Carolina to know, uh, what vacancies are out there. Because if they're interested in serving themselves, I want to give them ample opportunity to, to uh, do what they need to do to uh, uh, try to uh, obtain that position or uh, uh, talk to the people they need to that uh, appoints uh, that position. So we've done a lot with boards and commissions. Uh, also, uh, we have uh, notaries are registered in the Secretary of State's office. And I, I like to uh, ask this question, how many notaries are registered in the state of South Carolina? Would you like to guess? I'm going to say a lot because I'm a notary and I know a lot of notaries. Uh, so I'll say 50,000. Mm, higher. Higher. 100,000. I do a free notary seminar, and I have really enjoyed it. We usually do eight a year, and uh, we have sometimes 100, 150 people attend. And I asked that question, and a nice young lady stood up one time and said, Mr. Hammond, all of them are registered. <laughs> <laughs> we have 150,000 notaries wow. registered in the Secretary of State's office. So uh, the next uh, question I ask is, can you find a notary when you need one? Before I became one, it seemed like I could never find one. Once I became one, it seemed like everybody was one. So uh, not anymore. They're out there. <laughs> they and, are. Uh, I really appreciate uh, the service that they provide for the state. I enjoy doing the uh, seminars. Uh, and also, uh, we restructured the notary statute several years ago. And I think this is very important now to be a notary in South Carolina. You must speak and understand the English language. That's, I think that's a very good thing. But uh, we appreciate our notaries. And another piece of legislation that I was able to uh, get passed uh, last year uh, is electronic notarization. And we're very uh, excited about that. So if you're currently a notary and you would like to become an electronic notary, hopefully around August of this year, you'll be able to apply uh, once you apply to be an electronic notary, you're going to have to uh, meet uh, some educational requirements. It'll all be on the uh, internet, and uh, it's a $50 uh, application fee like it currently is to be a notary. But I think that's going to really be a nice uh, 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 way for South Carolina to, to help businesses because when you have closings now, if you have uh, financial transactions, everything's gonna be placed on the computer and if you're an electronic notary, you can witness that notary's signature 
do it electronically, no more wet signatures, they call it. Right. And that can be sent uh, directly to the Register of Deeds or whoever would be doing that business. So let me ask you this, just so I understand it, because that's interesting to me. So you already have to be a notary to that's, be an electronic that's notary. And that's going to come out in August of this year. Right. Right now we're uh, waiting. Our, we had to write the regs, the rules. Uh, to be a electronic notary. There's a comment period that has passed. We've had, uh, as a matter of fact, today, a uh, committee hearing in the House, and that was approved. We've got the Senate hearing uh, uh, approved. So now it's got to go to a resolution, which uh, hopefully will be voted on next year. And uh, by the end of the summer, we hope to be able to uh, offer those applications. That's exciting. I'll, I hope to be one of the first. <laughs> uh, and uh, another uh, part of the office that uh, receives the most attention and something that I'm passionate about is uh, the enforcement of the uh, Solicitation of Charitable Funds Act. And, you know, South Carolina ranks in the top half of the country when it comes to charitable giving. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That is a wonderful thing. We're a small state with a big heart. I mean, we want to help our neighbors. We want to help those in need. We're a very charitable state. and But unfortunately, because of that, people want to come to South Carolina and take advantage of our generosity. So uh, as Secretary of State, it's my job to do what I can to educate our charitable donors uh, to make sure that uh, they know how much money is going toward the charitable purpose. And you can go to our website, uh, and I encourage people to, to go to our website and check these organizations out at uh, sos.sc.gov. Just like I mentioned earlier, you could do a boards and commissions search. You can also do a charity search. Uh, click into charities, type in the name of the organization, and it should tell you the last... Uh, annual report or 990 that we received, we will break it down for you, the amount of money they raised, the amount of money they spent, and if you see a number at the bottom, that tells you what percentage is actually going to the charitable purpose. So if you see 0.08, what's that telling you as a charitable donor? Not very much of your money is going Less to what it should be. Less a dime of a dollar. Right. I mean, that's terrible. What if you see 0.80? better but <laughs> <laughs> well 80 percent of your dollar right. is going toward the charitable purpose uh, the better business bureau says that 65 percent should go toward the charitable purpose but that's a decision that you have to make as a charitable donor but what i want to do is make sure that information is available to you so you can do your homework and make sure you're getting the most bang for your buck we have 16,000 charities registered in the state of South Carolina, and that has increased uh, uh, in the last 10 years by about eight or 9,000. Uh, and uh, we uh, issue several enforcement actions. Uh, if you mislead charitable donor, if you're not uh, registered to solicit, uh, we can issue fines. Last year, we set a record in South Carolina we collected $400,000 in fines from charitable organizations for not complying with the Solicitation of Charitable Funds Act. And uh, that shows that there's accountability. But then on the other hand, I'd love for that money to go to help those in need. Right. Not to the general fund of South Carolina. 
Well, working in IT, we see a lot of residential customers that will come in and there's just so many scams out there. I just think it's it's wonderful what you guys are doing so that people do know that if they give out of their good the goodness of their heart that it's going where they think it's going. So mm-hmm. that's that's awesome. Um, does your office have anything to do with elections or the election process? Well, we play a role uh, in elections, but it's usually after or it is after the election. Uh, we would receive the certified election results from the Elections Commission. Uh, once we receive those certified results, we uh, would uh, send a congratulatory letter to that person who's been elected, and we would also send an oath of office. And then once we receive that oath of office, we uh, would issue their commission, and they would be in our database. And again, all that is uh, public record, and. It would list uh, how long the term, uh, how long the term is, and so that that's our role as far as working with the elections commissions, as well as receiving appointments from the delegation or speaker from the house or our governor. Uh, what uh, I take a lot of pride in, and something that I have enjoyed and made a ceremony out of, is certifying the electoral college. And uh, we uh, have nine electors uh, in the state of South Carolina. And in 2020, <clears throat> uh, in the third week of December, we uh, uh, send a letter out for those uh, electors to report to Columbia. Uh, they cast their vote for president and for vice president. All nine of our electors went to uh, Donald Trump. I certify that they have cast their vote that uh, Donald Trump and Mike Pence were elected president and vice president. I send about five copies to Washington, D.C. That is read across the desk. Uh, You may be familiar, January 6th. A lot of people are talking about January 6th, but that's when the uh, votes were uh, tabulated and uh, our votes went, uh, of course, to uh, Donald Trump and uh, you need uh, 207 70 electoral votes to be elected president. Well, that's awesome. I saw on y'all's website about counterfeit merchandise. Tell me a little bit about that as far as uh, coming across that and the enforcement that you guys do. Well, uh, earlier I said that trademarks are registered in the uh, Secretary of State's office, and I feel since uh, we register trademarks, it's our duty, duty to do everything we can to protect people who uh, hold that mark. And it's uh, an initiative that I took many years ago. Uh, I wanted to go out and uh, try to get as much counterfeit merchandise off the streets as I could. Uh, a lot of them are at jockey lots, flea markets, but with modern technology, a lot of this merchandise is being sold uh, on the internet and maybe in some retail outlets. Well, this is bad business for South Carolina. These people are stealing from these corporations who uh, promote the quality of their product, who pay millions in advertising. No one should be able to come and knock off their product and and uh, make money off of all of their hard work. Also, it's a cash business. It doesn't help uh, our local tax base. It doesn't help our schools. So we have uh, made a concerted effort to go out and work with law enforcement and uh, do everything we can to uh, make cases against those trafficking and counterfeit merchandise. And I think over the last 
10 years, there's been about 230 people charged with uh, trafficking and counterfeit merchandise. And I was able to increase the statute. The statute was so bad, or, or the, the uh, penalties were so low, put it that way, that uh, a lot of uh, uh, solicitors didn't want to prosecute it. But now, uh, if you are uh, with a certain quantity in your possession, you can uh, have one year jail time and a $5,000 fine and second offense is up to 10 years now. So I hope that's been a deterrent. I was going to say, I think on the website, it was like 67 million over a certain amount of time. That's just and, a lot of money. Uh, and we do a lot of work with the uh, uh, Department of Homeland Security, the DEA, and uh, a lot of these corporations have uh, private investigators and they'll call us up. Uh, they'll make sure the mark is registered and, uh, one of my investigators will go out and make a buy. Once they make the buy, they take it back. The investigators look at it, determine that it is counterfeit, and then that's when we're able to ask for warrants. Well, that's awesome. Yes, thank you. But uh, if I could mention one other thing, and I don't want to get long, but I'm very proud of uh, the things uh, my IT department has been able to do and my staff, they uh, worked diligently on this. I uh, talked earlier with you and uh, it's not too long ago we had the thousand-year flood, I think it was called. The Secretary of State's office was closed. Uh, we couldn't conduct business, and I said, you know, this, this can't happen. You know, we have to be able to continue to conduct business. So I started a disaster recovery plan. So we put everything in our database. We started our online services, uh, never dreaming that we would uh, have a pandemic. And I cannot tell you how business was able to transact during the pandemic, even when the office was closed. We've done more filings in the Secretary of State's office with people working remotely due to our new online system than we did the year before when we were in the office. And I'm just uh, so proud of my staff and being able to offer that service. But as far as business transactions during the pandemic in South Carolina, we did not miss a beat. Well, as a business owner, I can say I know that very well. And when I needed to get documents offline, it was very convenient that everything was there. It was very simple as far as, you know, how to get there and what you needed. And uh, as far as I'm concerned as a business <laughs> owner, I appreciate everything you guys are doing up well, there for sure. Well, one thing that I'm glad that we were able to help uh, businesses, especially small businesses, uh, a lot of businesses needed their PPP loans. And those loans were through lending institutions. And uh, a lot of lending institutions would not uh, issue the loans unless they had certified copies of their articles from the Secretary of State's office. And because of this system, we were able to get those to those customers and, and they were able to get their loans. And it was a, a situation where time really mattered. I mean, you needed this as soon as possible because there was only so much money out there. And I think in a three month period, right in the middle of the uh, COVID and the PPP loans, we probably done 5,000 document requests. And I'm just glad we were able to get those out to the people who needed them. I would even say that when we had to request our documents, they, I think they sent me back that it would be a 24 hour period, but I had it within two to three hours. Yeah. So. Well, like I said, technically, and, and you could have filed after hours and we would have got that, you know, at 8.30 the next morning too. So that's, you know, what I'm also proud of is, you know, the office is never closed. You always have 
access to the Secretary of State's office. Well, we appreciate everything you're doing up there, and uh, uh, we'll be voting for you in November. Well, good luck to you also. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you.